Hi, this is producer Hannah Shader for KPLY. It's a Monday afternoon during Flex, and I'm in the Pally Gym with the El Sarig. It is a pretty masculine environment. Like, like even you said you were kind of intimidated, like, walking in here. I can see how if I was not comfortable at this point, like, I would be scared to even go in here. It's easy to think that the athletes here are living the epitome of a healthy lifestyle. In the way I see it, there's two sides to the weightlifting community. There's the shiny side, made up of support, devotion to health, and somewhat goofy masculine camaraderie. But there's also the side that fewer people talk about, where the normal strike habits and intensity of the sport spirals into obsession. And it's easy to see how that shift can happen, because it's hard to tell whether someone is suffering from compulsive behavior or if they're just passionate. Starting out with lifting, like I had a history of pretty bad disordered eating, especially all throughout middle school and even some of the start of my freshman year. It wasn't anorexia or anything like that, but it was bordering on it. Like it was a lot of restriction of calories and over-exercising. Um, and so lifting was sort of, it was like one unhealthy addiction replaced with another at first when I was more so focused on my body because then it just became, okay, I'm not restricting how much I'm eating, but I'm weighing every single thing I eat and like, the extremely regimented diet, like you said, and tracking my macros and counting calories. And it's like, I don't even know. I've had a lot of like passing injuries right at the beginning, like where I was just getting sort of like shooting pain down my forearm. And I was like, this is probably normal. And if I sleep it off, it'll go away. And I didn't take time off from the gym. And then obviously it got worse. Once you start going to the gym consistently and seeing results, it can really quickly turn into I want to go every single day. I never want to take a day off. I was literally going to the gym seven days a week lifting weights, which is so, like, looking back on that in hindsight, that's so stupid. And I'm not surprised that I was having sort of, like, consistent nagging joint pain because I was never giving my body a chance to recover. Fitness is not just about being muscular and being able to lift a lot of weight and or looking lean and looking skinny or whatever the case may be. Um, fitness includes your mental health as well. And if it's not something that's contributing positively to your overall health, then it's something like where you need to reassess and see if if you can change those behaviors or and if not, then I mean, it's not a sport that's for everyone. As I've focused more on strength, it's become a healthier relationship with food. If you're worrying more about performance, you're less likely to um, border on that obsession with food because I think food obsession comes with body image obsession and you're less likely to be obsessed with the way your body is looking if you're satisfied with what it's doing. But what can happen if weightlifting does become an unhealthy coping mechanism for poor body image? In the weightlifting community, a name has been coined for the addiction to getting muscles, bigorexia. In the medical field, people call it muscle dysmorphia. I talked to Wendy Sterling, a certified eating disorder dietitian and specialist in sports dietics, to better understand the condition. I would say far and away, most gym users are probably realistic um, about their exercise and can exercise responsibly. Um, but when we're talking about concern, we're really looking at extremes in behaviors and extremes in thinking. Um, and so when you ask sort of, well, where is the line? I think you're, you're talking about people just lifting weights because they're having a good time and because they want to be healthy um, versus somebody who, as you can tell, uh, has this extreme intense reaction um, if their workouts are not occurring. 
And so uh, also we see um, uh, excessive body checking behaviors. Somebody might be pinching, pulling, looking, looking at the mirror. Um, and sometimes too, we see people covering up their bodies. We are also seeing um, the use of substances, um, which can be anything. Well, I mean, lots of people use protein supplements, but um, what I'm talking about is maybe steroids or something that can be really dangerous. Steroids are illegal. Um, and often have very serious complications. While there is a correlation between weightlifting and muscle dysmorphia, the sport itself isn't the problem. I think in order for these um, types of disorders to develop, there really uh, does need to be kind of underlying personality traits and uh, environmental factors and family traits. There's almost like there needs to be this perfect storm of uh, things to happen. And so, um, you know, maybe the people who are more prone to anxiety and obsessionality find bodybuilding, they're attracted to it. Um, but it's hard to just demonize the sport because I think, uh, there are plenty of people who are bodybuilders who don't have all the things I characteristics that I, you know, that I mentioned. I think it's definitely, I think you're more likely to get into it if you're more of a compulsive person. Like I'm a very ritualistic person in some ways and like um, a perfectionist. And I think a lot of the messages that you hear in that world, like it's not about motivation, it's about discipline. You just go every day, rest when you're dead. Like a lot of that kind of, you're either giving 100% or you're giving 0% lends itself to people who have that compulsion. And it's just, I'm just gonna step in and I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna get it done. Um, and then I think, if you're a compulsive person and you get wrapped up into that world, it's more than likely going to sort of exacerbate some of those qualities already. I think it's possible too, though, that if you're not necessarily that much of a regimented person or a perfectionist or whatever the case may be, and you get into the fitness world, it kind of, I think if you asked most people who lift consistently, there's almost all of them are going to tell you that they had one phase where they were being super controlling of everything and I need to sleep eight hours every night and I need to time my meals. I need to eat only broccoli, grilled chicken breast and white rice every day and things like that. But again, if you're a compulsive person going into it, that might be something that you never really get out of unless you realize what you're doing. And it can be hard to realize I've just replaced like unhealthy restriction with another form of unhealthy restriction while you're in it. You know what I mean? A lot of times things that I overhear in the weight room are like moderately concerning. I hear people saying a lot of the time at the gym like, oh yeah, like I'm burning off dinner or something like that or like I'm burning off lunch and I just want to tell them like stop. Like that's not a healthy attitude to have and that's something I used to say all the time when I was legitimately like bordering on an eating disorder is okay, I ate a big lunch, I'm gonna walk on the treadmill for five hours now until I make up for it. Like there is no making up for Food and having the attitude that your workout is just a way to like punish yourself for transgressions in your diet is so unhealthy. Like that's something where if I heard that, I would probably comment. The gender dynamics of muscle dysmorphia also play a large role. I think men too are less, like much less part of the conversation about mental health, especially as it concerns body image. I think that's it's great that we've talked so much about body image as it concerns women because for so much time the pressure has been on women to get thinner and thinner um, or whatever the body type is in these days. Um, but I think men suffer to an equal extent, at least from what I see in the weight room. Like 
men have different standards by which they're held to. If you're trying to fit one specific look, that's almost never going to contribute positively to your mental health. Yeah, I think that we are seeing for sure an increased incidence of um, eating disorders in general in the male community. That number is increasing. Um, and we are seeing um, an increase, and it's presenting differently in males, by the way, um, and it's presenting more in this desire to get bigger. So the Youth Risk Behavior Study found that basically something like 30% of teenage boys were trying to get bigger, and that desperation of wanting to be bigger is what we're seeing um, among males. And so it, it gets missed a lot. And it gets missed um, in the same way that um, other eating disorders get missed in other patients who aren't visibly emaciated. Um, and for, for boys, uh, it, it can easily uh, be missed or just really in people um, who aren't your stereotypical uh, view, uh, that white female thin vision, which is, is just not who is in my office, uh, to, to be frank. And so with men, what is happening is you're really seeing this um, image, this, this cycle of, peop of men being uh, perpetually dissatisfied with their weight. They're trying to, uh, they're really seeking muscularity and they're trying to, you know, cut, cut calories to show their muscularity. Um, to create a caloric deficit, but they're also trying to get bigger, and those two things really are not compatible. They really can't add muscle um, and then also have leanness and, and cut, cut calories. They're, they're, so they're perpetually just not happy, and so they're trying to, you know, they want muscle, you know, then they want leanness, and then they restrict, and then they get too thin, and then they try to get bigger, and then there's like sometimes there's just this up and down that's happening in their weight because they can't quite figure it out. And at the same time, the, the chaotic up and down, this pendulum, so to speak, um, really is terrible for performance. You know, and if they're just bodybuilding, um, you know, they're, they're not asking their body to jump or run or sprint or, or to do much. Um, and maybe the performance detriments aren't as obvious. But if these bodybuilders are also trying to play football or they're also trying to do baseball or they're also trying to, you know, play, bas you know, play basketball, it's very obvious. They're often fatigued. They don't have very good stamina. They can't get through practice. Um, and so it can be pretty, um, pretty frustrating. So what can you do if you think that someone around you might be suffering from a problem like this? I think coming at it from a place of love and support um, without coming at it from a place of criticism is always a good angle. Um, people often know that they are suffering and that they're not happy and that they're not enjoying their lives um, when it comes to that point. And encouraging people to get some help and check in with a, a therapist, a psychologist, perhaps even uh, just checking in with a pediatrician to see if their heart rate, their blood pressure, vital signs are in an okay place. I asked Yael, as someone who actively encourages people to start weightlifting, if she ever worried that someone might take her advice the wrong way and that she could be inadvertently causing unhealthy habits. Yeah, I think about it a lot just because when that's probably what I dedicate myself the most to outside of school. And I think you can't be really into the sport without having like the body stuff that comes with it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I always say like, 
with Barbell Club and everything, I always said, like, my mission is to get a barbell in every woman's hand. But, like, to go along with that, that means being aware of the types of attitudes that come from it. And, like, I consider myself a pretty, like, rational person, and I fell into so many of those traps as a beginner. So, uh, like, it's hard to say I want everyone to start doing this and at the same time knowing, like, that's going to introduce a lot of probably unhealthy behaviors in people. I think people have this notion that once I start lifting, I'm going to get my dream body and then I'm going to be happy. And that never happens because you're always just going to move the goalposts. Um, and even introducing yourself into that world where everything you do is related to your body and to some extent what it looks like. Um, it's just a fine line that you have to tread. For most people, lifting is a healthy pursuit, um, even mentally, but it just takes time. And it's just something that's like, I think lifting is gaining a lot more popularity recently, and it's something to be aware of that as this continues to rise in popularity, that doesn't mean people's body image issues are instantly gonna go away. I, I still, like, I don't wanna be giving lifting a bad rep here, because I feel like I've just been harping on, like, how toxic it can be, but, like, it's one of the most supportive communities that I've ever seen, like, um, and like I said, I mean, it got me out of disordered eating, and I've never been more sort of at peace with how I look than um, than after I started lifting consistently and seriously. Like, And again, it sort of just reduces your focus. For me, at least, it reduced the focus on what my body looked like and it shifted it to what my body could actually do. Um, and even if I was focused on what my body looked like, it was a shift from trying to diminish the amount of space that I occupied to trying to occupy more space intentionally, which was just a really healthy transition. Thank you for tuning in to KPOY Pally Radio. See you next time.